Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Lois from LG Fitness in Gateshead, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show, Lois. How are you doing today? Hello. Thank you for having me. 100%. I'm very excited to have you on the show today to learn more about what you have going on at LG Fitness. But before we dive into the business side of things, when you first opened your gym, what was the, what was the vision you had in mind for it? Um, the vision I had in mind when I opened LG Fitness was to create something different to what's already out there, create something exclusive, something that nobody is doing in the area that I'm in. And create something long-lasting, you know, um, something that can be progressed over the years. Okay. So that being said, why don't you give the listeners your elevator pitch of what you have going on at LG Fitness? So we specialize in female-only classes. So we run bootcamp classes, which are slightly more intense classes. So you have things like your HIIT training, boxing, circus. Uh, core training um, and then we also do beginners classes now this is for a female who um, is who would prefer a less intense workout um, she may be um, the, the next generation you know the older generation um, she may be a grandparent or a mother of a client that attends our bootcamp classes so we do that and we also run children's classes as well. So um, we'll have those on twice a week on an evening for different year groups. And the children's classes are to promote health and well-being in children. Obviously, get them active. There's so much out there for them now where they're sitting at a screen, you know. I'm quite an old-fashioned person. So I like seeing kids out and about, climbing trees, playing football, you know, I am very old school. So to be able to bring that into the business is something that I'm very proud of. It's not something that I do physically. I do have a, a qualified children's instructor and um, there is seven of us working in the studio right now, um, minimum or level two instructors. And um, we have got level three personal trainers and we have um, obviously the children's instructor and older adults instructor as well. Awesome. So a great mixture of services for women and children. And you have multiple instructors at your place that are certified. That's good to hear. Yeah. So with that being said, how many members are you currently serving at your facility? Anything up to 200. At the moment, I would say active around 160. Okay, so 200 overall, but active around 160. Yeah. So moving forward, what do you think is the, the cap member base that you guys could handle at your gym? Well, say we offer 26 classes a week. So that number is spread, you know, over the 26 classes. We're really fortunate that we can do that. You know, um, it's not just a morning boot camp and an evening boot camp. We've catered the timetable around our clients' timetable. Mm -hmm. So we have 6 a.m. classes, 6.45 classes, 9.30 after the school run. We have evening classes when they're finished work and first thing in the morning. So the capacity that we could get into the studio at once, hosting one class, I've had about 45 in there, about 45. Okay at once yeah okay so max cap for each class is about 45 cool yeah. so how large is your facility um not not huge <laughs> we do use the outside space and um we have a back room where if the class is large we spread spread through you know um numbers wise i couldn't really tell you Completely tell you if I'm honest. Okay, no problem at all. Just have it on how much I can get equipment. Mm -hmm. Okay, you just try to pack it in there and work it. Yeah. yeah it work safely around that, you know. Every okay. class 
different. So if it was a class where there's a lot of where it's things like deadlifts and you know um clean and press and that sort of thing, we'd do scale it back, you know, so it would be less people so that we can give them that attention. If it's a high intensity class where everyone's performing the same exercise, you know, that is that is easier, uh, easier to lead with a with a larger clientele. Okay, awesome. So how do you currently bring in new people at your facility? What does that process look like? We are really lucky with where we are based. So we are based pretty much on the River Tyne, which is the main river that runs through Newcastle. So we are on the end of that opposite the car park. Okay, so people park there to go for a walk along the river. So we've got an excellent space. We also use social media. And the only social media I use is Facebook and Instagram. And unfortunately, last year I lost my Instagram page. I'm still not over it. So that vanished. So then I've had to rebuild the Instagram page from scratch, you know, but we kind of left that page on 1300 followers. That was really annoying. Um, On Facebook, we've got, I think we've got 4,000 followers on Facebook. My clientele tend to use Facebook more than Instagram. Um, so yeah, one word of mouth, people passing, you know, passing trade, um, and two social media. Okay. So word of mouth and social media. So with the Facebook and Instagram, do you post organically or do you also use paid advertising? Post organically. Okay. I think next year we'll, um, look at a paid advertising just because it seems to be what everyone else is kind of doing right now. And it seems to work. Um, and without sounding, you know, um, cocky about it, I, I, at the minute, I haven't really needed to go that far yet, you know, to pay for advertising. We've done, we're, I've paid for ad- advertising in terms of flyers and posters, you know. Um, but yeah, I think next year it would be, uh, we will look down um, paid advertising. Okay, awesome. So let's just say, you know, someone comes into your facility, what does the process look like to turn them into a new member, like to, me- to a new member? So nine times out of 10, the client wants to come in and try the class. Mm-hmm. We do taste days like every quarter of the year. So this is where we'll hold a morning and um, usually a Saturday morning, not a weekend, where clients can come in and try the classes for free. All right. And then after the class, we'll have a, the, all the staff will be in. So we can all have a conversation one-on-one with the client, see what the needs are, how they found the classes, and just give them some more information on the studio. So there's that option. But nine times out of 10, people get in touch on social media and say, I want to come along to class. So yeah, we'll get them booked in. We'll have our own booking app, which is just so much easier. So they just book in on the app. Um, and then I always say, just try a class before you buy a membership. You don't need to buy a membership. Um, another thing about us is that we understand that life can change, you know, so quickly. People's circumstances change so quickly. And having the stress of being tied to a membership can be stressful for some people. So we need to have two options. And, you know, the majority I'm going to say about 65 to 70% of the clients are monthly and the rest of them pay casually. Some of the girls are flight attendants, you know, and they don't know when they're even going to be in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them have like high profile jobs, like public service workers, you know, working in hospitals and shift workers. So life changes a lot for my clients, you know. Mm-hmm. So having that option of casual and membership, it's not a great business model, but it works it works for my clients. Okay, so there's two processes to get them in, like to turn them into a client. So I'm curious here, who handles that process? Is it you or one of your trainers? I wear all the hats. Okay, you wear all the hats in the business. Okay. <laughs> so do you enjoy like working with, like on the sales side to get like a new member or? I do take um, two days out of the week, concentrate on admin and look at the leads. Um, I teach clients through classes and personal training Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Then I use the end of the week to 
to look at the business. Sometimes that might be working from home. Sometimes it might be in the studio where I'm working on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, getting feedback. Sometimes I message clients and just see how they're finding it, getting feedback, you know. Um, so, yeah, I love that side of it as well because if I gave it to somebody else, if someone else was telling me how my business was doing, it's just kind of like, all right, yeah, okay, I'm busy doing X, Y, or Z, you know, but I, I do make it a priority, you know, I do make it a priority weekly to do to do those things. I think it's just as important as being on the gym floor, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned, like, not giving that role to someone else because, you know, like, before the podcast, you mentioned that one of like the main reasons you got into your own facility is because is you wanted to be the owner and handle everything. So that's awesome. So let's just say you get a new member. What does the process look like to keep them long-term? So what we do is we change our timetable every month. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we keep the same class times on every month, but we change the class type. So a Monday at 9.30 a.m. could be boxing in November. And then in December, it could be circuits. So that is keeping it interesting, you know. And we do like a big reveal of the timetable every month. And the excitement is just like unreal, you know. Mm-hmm. So excited to see what classes they're doing next month. And sometimes they love them and sometimes they hate them. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is the main thing that we do to keep, keep the excitement there. Mm-hmm. And obviously doing different workouts. Do, if you do the same workout continuously, where it's not weightlifting, you know, the body is just going to get used to it, you know, and you're going to become just so used to it and bored. So I like to introduce different class types. And of course, all of the instructors all specialize in different areas. So we bring a lot of, of variety. And I think that alone keeps our customers with us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So each trainer has, you know, their own, spe- like own specialization and it changes every single month. So I'm curious here with your trainers, are they the ones that build out the programs or like the exercise routines or do you do that? They do that. So um, let's say, for example, I have, a um, staff member called called Joanna and she is a pre and postnatal coach so she does a lot of core work you know and that's what she specializes in so that's what my clients go to her for you know awesome okay cool so so like the trainers are able to create their own things for the clients that's great so along with you know keeping the workouts exciting each month do you guys also offer any kind of like supplements or any additional things to, you know, keep them excited about like coming back or what do you do there? I wouldn't do supplements, but what I, I do sell a clothing range okay. and they love it. <laughs> they love an LG fitness hoodie, you know, mm-hmm. and again, without sounding too cocky, you cannot go to our local shopping center and not see somebody in one of my hoodies. And that makes me so proud, mm-hmm. you know? So they're invested in that. And then it's things like, oh, there's a new color in this hoodie or there's a new style in this hoodie and they buy it. And when the buy it, what I love, when the buy it, I think you're staying, you know? Yeah. You would buy my hoodie if you weren't gonna continue to come. Mm-hmm. So, I love that. And you know, you've probably heard the phrase when someone buys off a small business to do a happy dance. Mm-hmm. And that's me. Yeah. Fill the clothing order in, you know. Mm-hmm. So that that's another thing that keeps them invested. We do things like monthly challenges as well. You know, okay. like how long can you hang from the rig without dropping? How fast can you row on the rowing machine in, you know, 90 seconds? So we do little challenges like that. We've just done our um it's trick or treat Halloween, which was brilliant, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I had a ticket for every single class that we did and randomly we just chose one client um, to pick out of the bucket and it was either a trick or a treat. So a treat would be, right, you've won a month's free membership 
and oh, that's okay. something you know like i said earlier the, the current climate that we're in they're going to really love that you know mm-hmm. they're saving 45 pound a month um but then a treat could be i mean they were funny like you know i had such a good time with it a treat yeah. could be at the end of the class hold a two-minute wall sit or um you are the class instructor for the warm-up lead the warm-up while joining in okay. they, hated they hated it but that's like a challenge though yeah. Yeah. and then the best one for me was um pick your favorite instructor to do 50 chest to floor babies well of course i got picked so I had to do that in front of the whole class. That's great. So we've got a brilliant atmosphere in the studio. And it's just adding small, like creating something like that takes nothing, you know, keeps them yeah. interested, keeps it fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, so really, you know, building out those, those challenges just to keep the members engaged and also the clothing brand. I would hundred percent agree with you there because, you know, let's just say I buy from the local gym here. I'm wearing it because I feel good. Like, Hey, I'm repping this brand because I love going there. So it's a smart, smart business move for your, move yeah. for your brand. Um, yeah. Second to last question here for you, Lois. You know, in the fitness and gym world, there are three, three pillars to business. Number one being lead generation and acquisition. So getting people through your door and turning them into members. Second being retention. So keeping them for the long term. And the third being essential. So basically increasing the overall lifetime value of them. So having them spend more money with you. Out of those three, where do you think you can improve the most on and why? Hmm. Oh, where would we need to improve on? I kind of want to say a little bit of everything. I think there's always room for improvement. Um, we do have quite a good way in, you know, retaining clients. And if we don't, it's because of their circumstances, you know, it could be that they're pregnant or changing jobs or um, the retain the retainment is pretty strong. Um, but the thing, because we don't have contracts, like mm. I said earlier, you know, not a great business model, but because we don't have contracts, there's nothing tying them in mm. to it. But it is something that I should really do, mm-hmm. but um, it is something that I should really do, but then at the same time, I'm thinking of my clients, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just I keep things simple for my clients. Yeah, understood. So, okay. so last question here for you, Lois. Paint me and the listen, listeners a picture here. What are your short-term and long-term goals with your gym? Um, short-term goals is, you know, keep going what we've got going, keep doing what we're doing. You know, we are a brilliant community. We do a lot of charity work. Like I said earlier, we work with the Women's Refuge. We've raised over £30,000 for cancer research. There's loads of things that we do for the community around us. Mm-hmm. So short-term goals would be to continue with that. Um continue building the community that we've got because we're so lucky to have that you know the clients aren't just a number they're not just pressing a button when they walk into the studio I I always say I know every single client's name I know roughly how old they are I've got an idea of where they work I know how many kids they've got I know what the kids are called you know Mm -hmm. keep that personal touch I'm never going to get to a point where I want to go so big that I'm not going to know who my clients are when they come through the door. It's really, that is something that has always been important to us because you don't know what that client is going through or has been through on the outside. You know, a client could come into the studio and they've never spoken to somebody all day because they're still working from home. Mm -hmm. And just that recognition of knowing who they are, you know, like, Hi, Helen. You okay? How was your day? That mm. could be the first time she's spoken to somebody in a yeah. day or two days. Personal, yeah. Yeah. So I never want to, obviously, I want to progress. I want to expand. I'd love to end up with a wellness center, but I never want to go too big where I don't know who the people are that are coming into the studio. Awesome. Very awesome, Lois. I like that. 
Well, Lois, I think it's a good place to start to wrap things up here in this episode. But before we sign off, where can the listeners find you on social medias and your website? So the website is lj-fitness.com and Facebook page is LJ, and Instagram page is ljfitnesslj. Perfect. Well, Lois, we appreciate you for hopping on the podcast today and sharing your story. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't, and don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us once again is Chris from Southwest Barbell and Fitness coming to you from Lawton, Oklahoma. Chris, how are we today, sir? What's going on? Doing pretty good. Drinking some coffee, hanging out. It's a little chilly here. I was waiting. I was hoping for fall weather, but it seems like winter is going to come early instead. <laughs> we skipped an entire season <laughs> know, in that yeah. process, but... Drinking some coffee, we get to talk fitness business. Life is not so bad. Chris, for some context for people that did not catch the first episode when we had you on here, give us a little bit of a description. When you tell people what Southwest Barbell is, how do you you describe this whole thing? I say it's an all-inclusive strength and conditioning community Um, where uh, you can express your desired fitness. in a, in a safe and inclusive environment without judgment, whether you're a beginner or a professional athlete. <clears throat> yeah. And, and that's, it's, it's sort of all encompassing to what you said, mm-hmm. somebody that's never been in a gym before through mm-hmm. somebody that's spent their entire life in a gym. We've got services, we've got people who can help you in your journey. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to work backwards through this, Chris, because I think this is a more fun and valuable way to go through this conversation. You've been doing this for for five or so years now. So Mm -hmm. let's look to the future. Five years from now, what do you want this whole thing to look like? What is is your goal for this in the future? Um, I want uh, basically for my reputation and name to get um, so well recognized and being such a positive community that it kind of, in order kind of has organically grows with me necessarily having to put a lot of time and effort in advertising. The less time I spend doing administrative stuff, the more time I can spend with one-on-one connections with the athletes. Mm. So I would like to see a future where um, I can kind of step away uh, from being a boss and spend more time being a coach. Right now, I'm finding that balance, right? But I very it's, much, I very much got into this business to work with athletes. Yeah. And I wasn't a business major, so I've been winging it. <laughs> You're not alone there, bro. Yeah. You're you know, not so, alone. Yeah, but uh, we figured trial error. We figured it out. But you know, the thing is, I just try to keep my business model simple. The simpler it is. Again, I really focus on the, the value time between coach and clientele. I think that's really where um, that's really where uh, relationships are built, and that's where you get long-time retention clients, where I feel like a lot of gyms focus on just getting people to sign up. I focus more on, we got this person to sign up. Let's get them to get results and stay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to, to break down there, and I want to kind of go step-by-step. Step. First and foremost – so many people that I speak to have similar sentiments about opening up a gym like this. They got into it because they love fitness, not because Mm -hmm. they love spending time on Facebook ads manager or because they want to be filing taxes or whatever other backend tactic there is. 
these things, when you open up your own gym, become somewhat of a necessary evil. But the evolution, as I see it, at least, gym owners open up businesses. They won their their head coach, their head of marketing, their head of sales, their head janitor. They're all of these things. And somewhere along the way, we we grow in skill set and we step back to be somewhat of that boss. And yeah. then a lot of the time, things come full circle, like what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe this wasn't exactly the passion or the the reason that I opened up a gym. And so we find ways to delegate some of those things as well. I find people with different skill sets than myself and I get back to what I truly care about in this yeah. industry. Yeah. It sounds like that's, that's the route. Another part that, that you mentioned that I think is worth highlighting and I think is a stark difference between pre-pandemic fitness and post-pandemic fitness. And I think pre-pandemic, you're spot on. People, how many bodies can we get through the doors? How high can we climb this membership count mm -hmm. for quality or quantity over quality for mm -hmm. sure? Mm -hmm. And it seems like there's been an interesting paradigm shift to where a lot of people are are taking a step back from that. And it and it came from lockdowns and whatever state variation you had of that. But yeah, maybe I don't need a thousand, two thousand members. Right. Maybe I can be content with this smaller pocket of members and take the approach that you guys do. I can layer on these other services. I can provide value in all kinds of different ways. A lot of the time it results in the same, if not greater revenue, because we have a far more bought in demographic. <laughs> these people care mm -hmm. about fitness. Mm -hmm. And like you said, retention becomes the metric that we're after. That's yeah. front of mind, at least. Is that about also, right? Did I get, did I get everything? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I've been telling my, my employees lately that I feel like it's easier to reach out to a client who's kind of fell off a couple weeks to convince them to come in than it is to break into a new person that wants to come in for the first time. <clears throat> in, in business terms, the phrase that comes to mind to me is second money is far easier than first money. Yeah. yeah what I mean sense, by yeah. that is like, it's, it's, a, it's a whole lot easier to get someone to continue to pay their membership or invest in mm -hmm. personal training or some sort of extra club or retail merch, whatever it is. Than it is to get somebody through the doors in mm -hmm. the first place, but but that's not to say we don't need new people. Believe me, this yeah, is yeah. not this is for, not for sure. poo pooing on on new members. No, for sure, it's worthwhile exploring that from from at least what's worked for you so far in the five years that you've been running this. What has been successful for you to get for you to get some new people in here? Uh, Facebook and Instagram are really, I feel. Uh, well, A, have some sort of company manage your online appearance that you trimmed on Google. I don't really know how to do that on my own, so I just have to pay a third third company to do that. That really helps. That would, Especially because we live in a military town, so people travel here all the time from Fort Sill, so I want people to... Sure, transient, lock, transient population. Right, I want my gym to pop up. So A, that, that, that really helps. Um, and I feel like... Facebook and Instagram, I can really target the market that I'm really going for, um, pretty specifically. Um, I try Is this with like, an advertising budget or just organically? You mean? It's with, 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 with both, but mostly uh, I have a budget. And then okay. I say like, our, I think our organic, our, our organic growth, our word of mouth is better than say our online presence, especially because I probably just don't spend enough time because I, I, I try to spend more time um, I had a coach that ran my social media for me for a while and she was, she was too good to me. She was amazing. I really haven't had replaced her. So we've kind of been, I've been kind of doing it myself and I'm not the best, you know? But yeah. And I, I mean, it's I, like, again, I think it's, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Like I, it's rare that I meet a, someone that truly cares about fitness. And, and I, I say that almost tongue in cheek because there are so many social media influencers or whatever the title we want to put on it is that spend more time on social media than they do actually training clients for better yeah. or for worse. It's a different service. It's a different audience, whatever right. it is. It's not you at right. the end of the day. And right. so when we delegated that, what was your experience with putting money into these platforms? Did it work out for you? Yeah. I feel like, uh, 
for the minimal amount that I invest on online media, I get a pretty good return. I could pro I could probably invest more and get better outputs, but again, I think my business philosophy is not so much concerned with growth as much as retention. So I spend more of my time reaching out to people I know, like, hey, I haven't seen you in a week. Have you been? Oh, here's a friendly yeah. email, stuff like that. So I think, yeah. I, guess, I guess I could consider that more also social media when I'm reaching out to current clients, but as opposed to like advertising to bring in new clients, it's pretty much just a set budget. And I just change sure. around the, just change around the pictures a little bit, you know, and the first, once you month, get it working, I, yeah, let it roll. I, yeah. I let it run from the first to the 10th to the 15th ish. I don't want to oversaturate. I don't want people to pop up Facebook. Oh, there's Southwest barbell again. You know, I want it to be a little bit, I want yep. to be known in the sphere, be seen, but I don't want to, beat people's over the head with my with my presence as well there's a there's a point of diminishing returns with all of this and i think when so many gyms say if i only had more leads if i only had more leads if you suddenly had 50 or 100 people sign up for the gym tomorrow like that's not necessarily a good thing either right, right? like right. things could quickly get off the rails down yeah. there down the river from a service standpoint, but I want to highlight, like you said, we spent a lot of our time in, in, in business terms, reactivating right. previous leads. So many gym owners miss that entirely yeah. <laughs> just because they left doesn't mean that they're never coming back. And there are so many viable leads in a CRM or whatever system you guys mm -hmm. use that could easily be targeted. At the end of the day, the goal is to get people in. Mm. whatever strategy works to do that great right mm. like i don't care if they came from facebook i don't care if they came from instagram i don't care if they were a former member like the goal is to get them back in mm. chris for for you guys let's explore the next step of that and, and it's the sales process of it mm. just getting a lead is not the goal, the end goal at least mm -hmm. we need to transition them into a paying client at some point so for you guys when somebody reaches out they're interested in, in coming to the gym in some capacity. What is that process typically like before they sign up? Uh, so usually they message me. Um, we make people come in and sign up, uh, sign up in person. We don't do online signups. We keep it very intrapersonal. I guess you could call it, some people call it old school. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, I don't do contracts. It is an automatic invoice. It will charge them automatically, but there's no contract. There's no cancellation fee. So people can cancel it. I feel like, especially with my market here, it's a lot of military people. They leave for training all the time. Um, I have a hard time sleeping at night knowing that I'm nickel and diming or exploiting people. So I, I would hate to, I would hate to charge someone or make them commit to a contract. And they know five months that they're shipping out to Korea or, or wherever, but it is an automatic invoice because you don't want to chase people. There's just too many members for me to chase out. Hey, it's the first, remember it's the first, hey. You know. It would be a <laughs> nightmare for yeah. you wouldn't sleep. You wouldn't sleep at all. Right, right, um, right. Um, and I think it makes sense. Uh, I don't, and, and the contract verse month to month argument is, is prevalent throughout our industry in all kinds right. of different models. And I don't think there's a one size fits all answer. You, because right. you serve, this fairly mobile population, this route, this route means more to the people that you serve. They might be here for just three or four months and then leave for right. them to sign a 12 month contract is going to be the difference in them going somewhere else. Yes, exactly. I also feel like the fact that people, when people come in, they're a little on before they sign up and talk to me, hey, you know, first we give a free consultation. You can come in, you can work out for free. You can work with a trainer one-on-one -on -one, because we use personal training also as an on-ramp into class. If someone comes in, I'm not quite ready for class. They'll do as much personal training as they need, and then we'll transition to class if that's what they still want. Some people, some people want the group activity and community, but they still want the hands-on attention because they're just not quite ready, and it's unsafe <laughs> for us to throw them to the wolves. So yeah. we'll do personal training pretty much at the same time class goes on. So we're still there in that community. They don't have to be quite do the same workout. So we try a free consultation if they like it, and then they kind of sign up. Um, With you guys, because you have a multitude of services, is uh, it at that consultation that we're sort of recommending, like, hey, this is probably better for you at this time? Yes, correct, correct. We're like, 
you can't squat, you know, you're going to get better. We're going to work with you to get you to that squat, but I can't have you like the class is doing a back squat cycle. I can't, I can't put you in class. This is important. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things. And a lot of people will come in um, with the thought of wanting to do class. They do a personal training and they stick with personal training. They like it. They like the one-on-one and like we have varying levels. We have, we have people that I've been personal training for years um now i don't have to babysit them they 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 know the movements they call me over when they have a question or a spot or if it's a particular heavy week but most time they come in they check the program oh you know okay i know what the stuff is and they go i still goof off with them and hang out with them but i don't have to invest so much time i can spend more time building that relationship and seeing how they feel and be back in the program than actually teaching the movements and doesn't mean that they don't need to be refreshed or critiqued here and there but I don't have, I can, I, they kind of, they're in the groove. They know what's going on. <laughs> and for your, for your market, I mean, the, the kind of quote unquote CrossFit space, the functional space, whatever we want to describe it as mm-hmm. so many business owners will use PT as an on-ramp program or, or mm-hmm. for beginners. But I think what gets missed a lot is the other end of the spectrum. The people that are really, really bought into fitness and would pay Mm-hmm. for some advanced work right maybe mm-hmm. i'm working on a skill maybe i'm working on like you said a specific cycle and and looking for that more hands-on approach than the traditional mm-hmm. group i think both sides really benefit from pt and it sounds like that's that's you guys as well so from that end we, we always find so like we are very big on olympic lifting we have national olympic lifting coaches i'm a level two usaw coach and the joke is is that my programming, I'm always slowly trying to convert functional fitnessers into Olympic lifters. You know? <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so I find a lot of functional finishers, they want to learn the Olympic lifts so much so that we had to add a supplemental class that was just uh, uh, Olympic lifting. And so that's normally like when someone's good at fitness, they want really dialed in critique on these Olympic lifts. And that's kind of where the other spectrum where we get good fitnessers that also need PT on the other end, especially for those complicated lifts. And so that functions as almost like a semi-private kind of deal? Yeah, kind of. It's like we'll call call a small group at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, we talked about how we get people in. We talked about how we turn those people into paying customers. You mentioned that first and foremost, your focus is on the retention of what we have. What goes into that? Because I think it's, it's, it's easy to say we focus on our community or we focus on our culture, yeah. but from a, a granular approach, what are you guys specifically doing to keep these people around? Um, well, I, I'm firmly believe that the future of industry is you're going to be, if you have a kinesiology degree or an exercise science degree, I think that we're seeing two kind of philosophies happen now. Um, you, you see the, the, uh, sport exercise science that's also kind of uh physical therapy right they have some sort of attachment and the idea is because people are coming to you with injuries right even pro athletes soccer moms everyone comes in with bumps everybody's got something right so you're going to have to address those issues i also think that on the other end we're seeing a growth where people are exercise science and then sport psychology right so you realize that everyone has trauma and anxiety and everyone knows that like a trainer at some point if you, have, if you have a close interpersonal connection with your client, you kind of become a pseudo life coach or even a, little, not, a lot more psychology not behind it. Not yeah. saying that we are qualified to deal with this stuff, but and it, um, I think that there's uh, a great area. Right. You know, but I think that sports psychology really is like, I realized that like over 60% of my clientele are female. Right. I think that right now in the industry, you see a lot of women into the market. It's now becoming uh, safe and acceptable in a space that's not totally male dominated. Women want to get strong now, you know? Um, and so it's very much in my best interest to, um, I don't want to sound like, but make, make sure that like dealing with the female athlete and male athlete, now there are nuances, but there's a little, there's a little difference. You know, I can grow out of course. with of my 16 year old male athlete. And with some of my female athletes, I have to have a, a little bit of, of a softer touch. Um, doesn't mean that their service is any different, but like, so in general, like I, at right, least. So, 
So statistically, 60% of competitive female athletes have an eating disorder, right? Mm -hmm. And when eating directly affects your training, it's kind of like this never ending vicious cycle. So you're going to have to have some tools to kind of deal with this trauma that, that some people have that make them, you know, and like I have male wrestlers. They're also, they have what I would say eating disorder. You guys are, you, guys, you oh, cut 20 sure. pounds and then yeah. eat for a week, man. Like, and then you're here the next day, lifting weights. Of course you feel bad, you know? So I have to kind of like translate in a way that doesn't generally attack them, kind of shift their perspective to be like, fitness doesn't suck for you. You just had a salad today, went to work and came to the gym. Of course you feel bad. Yeah. You know, so We're running on empty. Yeah. Right. So having, having the uh, mental tools to kind of make people feel safe and welcome. And if they have the bad day, have the tools to kind of, talk them through it to, to a point where they're at a level where they're mentally capable to, to do this activity, you know, because yeah. life is hard. It's, and, and I think the hardest part, I tell my employees, the hardest part is people dread going to the gym. The hardest part is getting in the door. And then once they're in the door, it's your job to make sure that they have a good time. They do work, but make sure they also have a good, let's respect their time. People can goof off in these walls as long as they want. You know, I have a lot of teenagers and they hang out there all day. People are like, oh, these teenagers are like, well, I'd rather teenagers be here than out in the street doing goofy shit. I'd rather be here. I wish there was a place for like um, this for me when I was 16, you know? Yeah. So I, I want think them to feel <laughs> if I were to, to summarize a lot of what you said, it's a balance of the science and the artistry, right? Yeah. We can never get so pulled in one direction that we forget the other side. And I think our industry did get a little heavy and we go back and forth as an industry. I think the pendulum is constantly swinging one way or the other, but I think when we use the, the abbreviation PT, I think a lot of the time we forget the personal component of this, yeah, yeah. you know, that gets left yeah. by the wayside and we just see people as these robotic machines. And that's just, if anybody spent time in coaching, not how it functions. And, and so you think that's really what differentiates Southwest when it comes to retaining these people long term? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really, I really strive on uh, up we'll call it like interpersonal, interpersonal relationships. Really making people feel like they're part of a community, that they have a place to come to. Not necessarily just your work, but you have a bad day. Come out and talk to your coach for a little bit and hang out with your friends. You know, yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Life could be worse at least. And, and yeah. so, Chris, we started our conversation with everything that we just talked about being for the purpose of self-running as a business to allow you time to come back a little bit more into that coaching space. Mm -hmm. How far as a business are you from being able to have the freedom to do that? Or I guess what are, what are kind of some checklist items before you'd feel comfortable making that move? Um, I would say we're definitely getting there. Um, I had a, I had a coach that was really uh, helping me with like run, social media and event planning, but she recently moved away. So now I've had to take on a little bit more of that administrative, but up until a week ago for six months, it was, it was my ideal. Like I would come in, I have the banker hours now. I was, so I have a coach, like a coach that coaches at six till nine. So I come in at nine 30. I was working with my athletes. Which is so rare in our space. I know it was nice, but <laughs> I've been done the 6 a.m. for years. So I am, I'm over that now. You know? Yeah, the split yeah. shift is come to be the standard yeah. in our industry. Yeah, it was hard. I did it for a lot of years. It was hard, and more power to anyone that can make it happen. But you said the pandemic was anything. Before the pandemic, it was just me, and I was very much reaching burnout. So a lot of people were panicking. The staycation, I loved it. I was I was very much at burnout. And then after the staycation, I call it staycation. After the after the yeah. quarantine. I hired an employee, my own, right now he's my only salaried employee, but he, he's a godsend. Um, uh, but the way, the way I do is I don't, I don't really like the typical hierarchy of bottom down. I try to, as much as I can, have horizontal structures of, I try to make my employees on the same level as me. And I feel like if my cost, if my quality of life increases, that should reflect through my employees. So the guy who's salaried, I actually pay him the same exact salary I pay myself. I feel like he does the same amount of work as me, so he gets the same amount of pay as me. And I've talked to this other business owner, and they just think that is crazy. But 
I couldn't do what I do without him. You know, I mean, now, obviously, I have. I think more... employee retention is just as much a figure here as yes. membership retention. A exactly exactly <laughs> and that, that that says a lot it, yeah. it, even without explicitly being said i'm sure it says a lot in their yeah. mind chris we're running a bit shy on time here and i wish that we had a greater amount of time because we're yeah just barely skimming the surface on on what you guys do as a business but for the time being uh why don't you tell people where they can learn more about southwest what's the best website what's the best social media um, our Instagram, uh, SW Barbell, and then our website is just southwestbarbellandfitness.com is our uh, easily to reach us. And Facebook. Um, we're, we're, we're pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. Um, our website is just kind of like general information. You can sure. email me too, but um, we're pretty active on, on, on the gram. We're always posting. Uh, we have a big uh, young athlete, so we, we like to highlight our young athletes, make them feel good about ourselves. We're always posting updates on Instagram. Yeah. Good, good, good. Chris, this has been fun, man. I, I yeah. always appreciate gym owners and their willingness to to share an inside look into the business component of what they do, because there's a lot more behind the scenes than people see in a facility yeah. like this. I'm excited to see what this looks like, and it sounds like you're getting back to your true passion for fitness. So, man, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on, and I wish you nothing but the best. Moving forward. Yeah, man. It's been fun. I loved it. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your model, click the link in the description and fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Brent from Fitco out in Manchester, UK. Welcome to the show. How are you today, Brent? I'm very good. Very good. Excited. Excited to have you here. So, you know, over at Fitco, you guys have a heavy focus on group and large group and small group training. Um, the best way to kind of make this valuable for our listeners is kind of start with your end goal in mind, and we will work backwards through your ideas and some industry best practice to kind of figure out the most efficient way to get there. So right. gym, gym owners with similar goals can kind of follow along with this, emulate some of those ideas within their business. So let's, you know, think of, about it this way. A magic genie lamp falls in your lap. You can have the gym of your wildest dreams. First things first, how many locations would you want? Uh, as many locations as possible. So uh, the, the aim, Brooke, is because how the name is FITCO, it stands for the fittest community. Okay. So we don't just want to just help people get fit. It's also like the mental side of it and obviously the well-being. So the aim is to help as many people across the world. So we do have a, a four or five-year goal which is to hit at least, you know, 1,000 studios across across the world, uh, which we're currently looking at in, you know, the Middle East, we've got lined up, we've got the UK lined up, we've got India, and then obviously we're looking at Europe. So that's the, that's the end goal. I love that concept um, and, and how the name ties into the con concept, creating a really fit community and being able to yeah. impact as many people as you possibly can. So I guess this is where the fun begins. You know, we really love big, ambitious goals, especially here on the podcast. Um, and, you know, there's plenty of layers for us to unravel from this point. So 
within each location, how many members would be ideal for you? Like how big are you looking for these communities to be? I think the ideal space size that we look at is 2,700 square feet. So okay. with, within that, you know, the group training that we've laid out, you can, you, we can tie probably a maximum of 24 to 32 members in once we get this new layout done. The concept that we've got now at the HQ back in Lancashire is we fit about 18 in there max. Whereas as we start to build, you know, if, if each gym had a sole community of 500 to 700 members, it'd be brilliant. It doesn't need that. And that's it. We're different to commercial gyms. We don't need 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 members. We're happy with, you know, 400, 500, 600, because they're not just a number, they're part of something. Mm -hmm. Okay. So really, you know, I think that that's a, that's a number that makes sense for that square footage. I think in the industry, like generally we say like a hundred people per a thousand square feet yeah. or beyond. So if you're having a facility that's two, 3,000 square feet, somewhere in there, that makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah. So perfect. So anybody who listened to the show, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show Shark Tank. Do you watch the show Shark yeah, Tank? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so you'll you'll recognize that in a service business with like a running gym, the, the key challenge is usually in the acquisition, specifically like what yeah. it costs the business either in time or money to acquire yep. a new customer. So yep. how are you guys currently tracking your cost per acquisition? Do, do you know what? I'm glad you said this because this is something now where we're looking more into because we've only just opened this one now. We've done very well on word of mouth and we've not really pushed any marketing as of yet. We've done one campaign, which was testing the waters and in the UK, it worked out about seven to eight pound per lead. But then they were getting put into a 12 month contract at 59.99 or 79.99. So it was quite a good turnaround. Uh, and I'll be open with numbers. We spent about 200 pound on that campaign, 300 pound on that campaign, campaign. And we got 11 wow. signups off it. So it has worked. And now then referrals are coming in and that word of mouth is coming in. So it's something where as we start to build, and I know when we go to city centre, you know, the advertising is going to go up, the cost is going to go up. But I think our biggest thing and what we work well on is we give back to the members who we've currently got. We don't just forget about them once they've signed up. So they feel part of it. And they always say, you know, your best, your best advertisement is word of mouth and people who are already in there mm -hmm. for you. So I think if you can nail that and you can get that community right, the rest will follow. I'll give you an example. We've done a these things now I'll, uh, I'll grab one for you so what we've done for Black Friday we've done this for members which is a little bit different I know obviously guys who are listening won't be able to see this but we've done little envelopes with a Fitco logo okay. so what this entails is inside here there's a, there's a prize so everyone wins every member gets something and it's either like money off the membership or restaurant vouchers or cinema tickets and inside every one of them these five free day passes so for each member at the moment, is you know, you imagine you've got 30 members, you can get another 150 members just coming in through that word of mouth. So, I think the cost per click's good, we're working on it, but at the moment, so far, but we've just done pure word of mouth and referrals, and it works. I mean, yeah, I think most of us, when we start out, generally, like we believe word of mouth is going to be the best yeah. way, um, and it's free, right? And it's not <laughs> always the best. Yeah. <laughs> But um, on average, like since you guys opened, how many new members have you been bringing in per month through Word of Mouth? Uh, I'm on four months now. Uh, 13 to 15. Okay. Okay. That sounds about right. And yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Pretty average. Um, yep. Anybody who runs a business loves these types of leads. Um, but what the numbers tell me is that we'll need to add in something else to kind of make up for the volume here eventually. Yeah. Um, yep lead gen goes what else is on your your radar what else are you looking to do um have you guys considered the route of you know um digital advertising on social media is it google yeah. like where are you guys going to do that I, I think as is social media because as is social media and also web like is in like uh, emails because okay. and I, I always say this to the team social media people scroll and they scroll mm -hmm. and scroll but 
an email, everyone has a job where they have to go on their emails. You always get an email, whether it's spam, whether it's not, but it always comes in your inbox. So we've, we've tested and we've done a few things where we'll send them. We can see who's opened at what time. And that's worked well because we do a lot of things within giving more PDFs, more eBooks. And then mm-hmm. once members are getting them emails and they're telling their friends, they then want to be part of that. So then we're just sending out, right. Okay. Do you know what? Send this on to a few friends, send this on to a few friends, which is brilliant. The other side of it, what we've been doing, the Instagram side is something that we're starting to build on now. So we've got a campaign that we're working on now, which will launch January, uh, but it will go live the 27th of November. <clears throat> so just after uh, Black Friday, which is more of a class pass. People don't want to okay. jump into a 59.99. Uh, but if they can have, the, the minute they see a saving, mm-hmm. they see it like they're saving this much, and it works out the same, about 55%. Uh, just coming into a class, just to do a class pass, £20 for two weeks, which normally should be £45. So that's one thing that we're trying now, but I think it is trial and error. And this market's quite tough in the UK because because the area we're in, we're very small, but there's two or three studios and then a big commercial gym. And the big commercial gym is kind of struggling at the moment from a service okay. point of view. Uh, mm-hmm. uh whereas the smaller ones are, are doing well. So we're just coming up with ideas that are, that are different. And it's not more about me, Stu, and the coaches. It's more about the members and the, the community that they get. That's how we advertise. That's how we promote. Yeah, yeah no, of course. I mean, we, we can always promote things that way. You mentioned email being something that has worked for you or it seems as, as, yeah. as if it's working right now. And it's exciting to hear that you guys are going to go tap into the Instagram thing. I know you right. kind of had your hesitation on social media because you feel like people yeah. scroll and scroll. But industry-wide in 2022, the best way to advertise our business is through mm. social media. We just have to be different. We have yeah. to Agreed. have that call to action for people. And that's where people are missing a lot of the times. But definitely um, kind of want to take things so to the next step here turning those leads that we're getting into members. So how are yep. you currently <laughs> measuring your conversion rate? Like if 10 people walk through the doors, how many of those would you say that you guys are signing up on average? Uh, honestly, seven to eight. The, the two that, that we're missing off is either, one, it's the cost, because we're not just, the, we're not a cheap. Uh, or, it's the hardest thing I think when someone comes in on their own is if they do a trial on their own, they don't really get the same feel for when they're doing it with a group. The other one is when they come in with a friend, okay. the minute that friend doesn't want to go, they're then on, on their own. So we probably get about seven out of 10 in converted happy days. The three are, the two or three are down to either they can't afford it, which is 90% of the time, but they've had a feel for it. So then we, do, we look at, and this is the hardest thing as a business owner then, do you look at lowering your costs just to get that person in? Or do you stick to what your product is and think, right, do you know what? For everyone, for everyone you miss out, you're going to gain six or going to gain five. So that's probably the hardest thing at the moment. And especially now it's November, December. Nobody wants to spend money. Everyone's waiting for Christmas out of the way. So yeah, for seven people sign up, three I'd say don't sign yeah. Okay. So like industry average conversion is like 60%. Um, so mm. yeah, I mean, you're higher than that, but I'm, the t- I'm of the mindset, like, why not more? So if we're converting yeah. seven to eight right now, right now, yeah. why not nine or 10? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. who, who handles the majority of the sales in the gym? Like, do you, do you in do house, it or do you have a sales Yeah. Person? Yeah. There's myself and shoot. So the team behind us, these, Myself, Stu, and then my business partner, he manages different businesses, but he's involved as well. So myself and Stu run run the facility. We do the coaching. Uh, we do the, the marketing behind it, the sales behind it. But now we're working with a company to take on the marketing side, and we're going to trial with them through that November to January that I mentioned. But I, I prefer us to do it for the simple reason we know the product. I think the minute you outsource it to an agency to sell, it's a little bit different, and not many people... If a commercial gym, you'll sign up online. You've got no hesitation. You're going doing your own thing. But if it's more of a studio and boutique, you're gonna you want to feel it first. You want a taste of it. But once they're in, 
and don't get me wrong, but like I, the customer journey is unbelievable when they come in. Like they, they, they love it. You know how they get welcomed. They get that. You know the little things it's like the tea, coffee, sit down, just a forty-minute consultation of why you're here, what do you want to do, and then trying classes. So, so we do have a nice journey, and I know we can increase it. But as that, I think time of the month plays a massive part. Time of the year, at the moment, mm-hmm. January we know we'll we'll probably hit peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean usually that that is when we kind of go ahead and hit our peak in terms yeah. of conversions. Is the new year when people are kind of walking in the front door? Um, do you see? you know, the sales process changing at all as you guys continue to scale? I think they will change because obviously as the business grows, and this is when I was talking earlier about the franchises, when we're looking at franchise and hitting more studios, we're putting in processes now which saves that franchise doing it because we know every every city is different, every country is different, but then there's certain processes and journeys that will that will make sense that have got to be part of FITCO. So like when every member comes in, there's a handshake or there's a welcome, there's a tea, coffee, there's a drink. It's things like that which can't be changed. But in yeah. terms of the actual model, you know, I know prices will change. I know price points are different. I know like products will evolve, which is brilliant. But in terms of the actual process, I think the process we've pretty much got nailed on. I give you like, for example, when they don't sign up. So them three people who don't sign up. Then that funnels in place for them to say, well, okay, they get that drip feed of, of emails from us or drip feed through Instagram. So they're still seeing what we're doing, still part of it. And eventually they come back round. It might take two months, three months, four months, but eventually they'll come back to, through that drip feed of the emails and keeping them part of that community, even though they're not a member of ourselves. Yeah. Um, so... So that we still have time here, I kind of want to take this to the next step here. So um, this is the last piece of our client journey. It's keeping our members long-term. Is attrition, retention something that you have data for? Have you guys been tracking that since opening? So since we've opened, the the members that have signed up, we've not lost a member since we've signed up. Mm -hmm. In terms of personal training, obviously a couple have taken like three months or four months packages. But in terms of the classes and the mm-hmm. gym, we've not lost one member. So that's now five months of, of the gym where it's just can So we've got five months of with us, stayed with us, uh, which we're proud of, which is good. No, for sure. I mean, in this industry, uh, we want to be able to keep our members as long as possible because the longer that we keep them, the more impact that we're making on their life. Um, and so it's good that you guys haven't lost any yet, but obviously it is the in- inevitable that we're eventually going to lose somebody. Um, in what way are you going to um, track that data? Like, do you guys have a CRM that you use to track it? Um, how many members coming in versus how many coming out? Yeah, so the CRM we use is a is member, so it's which is a it's a big platform, and I know it's in America as well. It's based. It's only it's a friend of mine who runs the company, uh, and that's something that we can track. And we do our own we do our own analytics, and we've got our own data for that. But then we also use members, so we can cross reference. So at least we know we're not wrong, and we're not giving the wrong numbers. Uh, but another thing, what's important when they are joined, it's like little things that we make note of, like anniversaries, wedding anniversaries, or birthdays or you know they've got their son's football match it's things like that which keeps that retention high because we actually take interest in the member and it's not just about paying a fee and then and then being part of it so we are we are good with the retention and touch wood so far you know nobody's left uh which which is good and we're only we're only this is the fifth month we're into this so the fifth month into it and like i said they're all in contracts, which is nice. So they're in 12-month mm-hmm. contracts or three-month contracts. But for oh, the wow. ones who've done completed three months, then moved over to a 12-month, shows like that something that. must be right. Uh, and again, it saves them money monthly. But again, they could stick with three months and say, I'll give it another three. But from to move into a 12-month shows they are doing something right. Uh, and again, I think it's down to how we are as coaches. We're humans. We're not, we, we don't see ourselves as personal trainers. We say we're coaches. Because we help a lot more than just the 
inside the gym? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think like your idea of kind of converting them from, you know, a three month to a 12 or six, like that's amazing, mm -hmm. right? We're making, they're making yeah. a commitment to themselves, but from a business standpoint, that's bringing in, you know, more um, guaranteed yes. revenue for us. So I like that. Yeah. So kind of given everything that we've talked about so far in terms of bringing new people in the door, turning them yep. into customers and keeping them long-term, where do you feel, Brent, that there is the most room for you to improve moving forward? Uh, I feel probably the biggest one is, is keeping them involved because it's, it's, it's so good starting off and doing events with members and keeping them involved by like a Facebook group and sending out stuff and doing nights out, giving out like the envelopes. But if you can't maintain that, then you'll struggle. The classes, how we deliver it, they're all periodized. So we actually plan the classes, we test them, then we deliver them. So again, it's not like just the class has been put together. So that I've got no issues with. I think our biggest area will be how do we keep everybody engaged and make everybody feel welcome? Doesn't matter your race, your height, your age, disability. It's if we're doing an event, how can we get everybody involved and not just target one group? One group. Do you know, like you see a lot of like gyms do. I give you an example like CrossFit. You see a lot of them go to do a CrossFit event, but then some of them might not enjoy the event. But then they don't get down. Some of them say, well, well, do you know what? If you're not taking part, then you can come down if you want to come down. But some of them might not want to. Well, what are you doing after that event? Have you got something going on? Is there a meal after it? Is there a bit of a team event back at the gym that they can attend? So, and that goes with commercial gyms. Commercial gyms don't really do anything. We're more of, we want everyone to be involved and we want to make sure that we focus on the members and not just getting new members. But I think that'll right. be our biggest area. Yeah, I think that um, we have to we have to be focused in full ultimately. Yeah. Like we have to have systems in place so that we constantly are bringing new people in. But once we have them, we have to know how to nurture them and take care of them so that yeah. they stay motivated, they keep they stay committed to whatever goal that they have, um, and stay stay active in the community. So um, yeah. I'm super excited to kind of see you continue to grow and scale this. You know, have hundreds of locations all around the world. Um, so thank you for sharing that with us and kind of breaking everything yep. down from, from start to end there. Brent, um, where can our listeners go if they are interested in following your journey online? Yeah, so we've got the Instagram, which is at Fittest Community. And then we've got myself and Stu, which are tagged in there as well, which our links will be in there personally. So we do quite a bit on our own socials. But the biggest one will be the Instagram and then the Facebook. Again, Facebook's Fitco, little dash, the fittest community. Perfect. Excited to check it out. Thanks for being here today, Brent. It was really exciting to have you, especially at, since you are one of our listeners. Getting you yep. here um, in person was really fun. Uh, and listeners, thanks for tuning in. If you guys want to join us like Brent, uh, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.